Welcome into our Friday edition of the Daily Double podcast with uh, various handicappers that we're checking in with to get a little bit of their backstories and also uh, talk a little bit about uh, the big races for this first ever summer meet at Keeneland. And our next handicapper is Jonathan Kinchin. You see him regularly on America's Day at the Races on Fox uh, Sports 1 and 2. Um, he's been in many times to play in the uh, the Keeneland uh, handicapping tournaments like the one coming up this weekend. And uh, Jonathan joins us. You're at your home in Texas? I am. I am, but not for long, though. I'm about to start heading north uh, towards Saratoga for the oh, summer in Saratoga. And, good for you. Uh, the the only unfortunate part about this Keeneland summer meet is that I can't go to it. I, it's so cool to, to have that, and it's such a fun idea, and it's such a nice change-up for a, for a bad situation we all find ourselves in. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch it today. I can tell you that much. And it's exciting. I wish that I could make it a trip where I swing by there and catch a couple of days of racing and then head up to Saratoga, but, uh, we'll have to watch it, uh, vicariously and that'll be just fine. And an interesting angle now with the decision of Kenny McPeak to enter his Philly Swiss skydiver against the boys in the bluegrass. The only second time a Philly has ever run against the boys in the bluegrass. Uh, and, uh, we're, uh, not going to be analyzing that one for this podcast with you, but uh, you think it's a, I think a, a great you know, storyline, but uh, do you think she's got a big shot? Um, you know, I, I've, I've never really been the hugest fan, right? So I, uh, of Swiss skydiver. I mean, I think she's a nice filly and, and I, I applaud anyone for, for doing something sporting like that to, to bring interest and excitement to the game. It's for whatever reason, it's exciting when we see the girls go, go up against the boys, it's a lot of fun. So um, I commend them for that. But I think that, you know, it actually is probably an important conversation because it's got a lot to do with what's going to happen in the Beaumont. I think that speech being cross-entered in the Beaumont and the Ashland, um, I would think there's an opportunity that speech would then show up uh, in the Ashland because it's a much easier spot with Swiss Skydiver deciding to take on the boys. I would think so. I talked to Mike McCarthy actually for uh, an interview for Keeneland last weekend, and that's uh, kind of what his, was his thinking at the time that he'd enter both spots, and if Swiss Skydiver ran in the bluegrass, he'd likely stay in the Ashland. So I think you're probably probably on the right track there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, your story of of getting into uh, being a racing fan. Um, folks can um, follow you. It's at UT Big Hair, which is around these parts that UT scares people, but it's not Tennessee. It's University of Texas, right? <laughs> it's the other one. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the real one. So it's the real. <laughs> there you one. go. <laughs> um, I have a friend from that Tennessee fan. I always tease him about the real orange. So um, yeah, UT uh, down here in Austin, and and uh, I think the hair is probably self-explanatory. <laughs> well, how did you get to be a horse player? Uh, my dad, I grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth, and, you know, obviously we had Lone Star Park there. My dad is from Detroit, and he didn't live too far from Hazel Park. So I think in his youth, uh, him and his buddies would go to Hazel Park and, and just kind of, you know, mess around, gamble a little bit. And, you know, my dad's not really – I wouldn't even really call him a horse player. I, mean, it's, uh, I, I reserve that, that name for, for people who take it really seriously. My dad's just there uh, betting on the horses running in a circle. He plays his address and – it just likes to have fun and get out there and, and run around. So uh, I used to go with him all the time. I just kind of fell in love with the puzzle, the, the competition of it, um, being right, the opportunity to turn $1 into 5 based on your opinion, your brain, um, and some ideas. And I thought that was a lot of fun. And uh, it really kind of came full circle for me, I think, 
back when I was uh, in college at the University of Texas, there's a racetrack near here. It's been closed ever since then, but it's uh, Maynard Downs. And I, I went there with $100, bet a whole bunch of stuff on Derby Day with a fleet Alex and all kinds of stuff. I had $15 left over, and I remember my dad's friend, uh, uh, a fellow by the name of Hoff. That's what he's known around the racetrack as Hoff. Told me he liked Giacomo. I bet five across the board on Giacomo. Ooh. I hit that. I bought the keg beer for everybody that day, and then I bought uh, bought some handicapping books. Um, Steve Davidowitz, Betting Thoroughbreds in the 21st Century, uh, Buyer on Speed, and uh, I was hooked. That was it for me. I was a horse player from that moment forward, and and uh, you know some contest success here, some big scores there. Next thing you know, I'm on, I'm on Fox. So it's been a lot of fun. You mentioned Maynard Downs, that uh, light bulb went off in my head because in 2005, Kentucky was playing in Austin in the NCAA tournament. And on the day, on the off day, Kentucky had beaten Utah, was waiting to play Michigan State on Sunday. So on Saturday, uh, they were running the Derby prep at Turfway Park, uh, whatever it was called then, Jim Beam Stakes maybe. And my broadcast partner and I were going to drive down to Ratama for the day and play the races on our off day. And then I see in the newspaper, there's a track in Austin called Manor Downs. So we called an audible and went to Manor Downs and uh, watched a couple of the races from Turfway Park. And um, I think maybe they were only running quarter horses at Manor Downs at that point. But I have been to Manor Downs. It's a slight racetrack. I, I can tell you that much. It's not quite people Keeneland. That, uh, no, people who have been to Keeneland their entire lives, uh, they might not even give it the name racetrack, but uh, <laughs> it is. It was there, and it was a lot of fun. But that's where it all started for me, and then I just kind of fell in love with it. And, um, you know, the contest scene is what really kind of elevated elevated my participation. I got to meet a lot more people. Um, you know, having that 2015 Tour Championship kind of uh, validated my credentials to a certain extent and uh, kind of led to these other opportunities that have been a lot of fun. So it sounds like in a lot of ways kind of self-taught as a handicapper. So what were the, some of the, the key lessons that you learned along the way? Um, I think the, 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 the biggest lesson, it took me a while to get to it, was it's so much less about the horses that you pick and, and, and the handicapping of the races. It's so much more about how you express that opinion through your wagering strategies and your ticket construction. Um, one of the things we always like to say on our podcast, we talk about quite a bit, is that people will spend hours looking at the, the racing form and hours handicapping the races, and then they'll construct their tickets in the 45 seconds it takes them to log into their Keeneland Select account or the 45 seconds it takes for them to, to, to walk up to the window um, from their dining table in the bluegrass room. And that's the biggest issue. I think that those situations need to be rethought, and I think that you should look at the races for 15 or 20 minutes Spend an hour constructing your wagering for the day. Uh, be efficient in your ticket construction. Uh, if you're using two horses in the leg of a pick four, you better like them equally. If you're using two horses, one is 20 to one you think may win, and one is four to five you think is probably going to win, you need to bet more on the pick four or pick five sequence with the four to five shot than you do on the 20 to one. So make two different tickets. There's nothing wrong with, with turning in one, you know, one ticket for five bucks and another ticket for 50 cents. So, I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is their ticket construction. What about types uh, of wagers? There are so many out there. It can be a little overwhelming for casual players. Uh, what do you like to focus on? Do you have a kind of something that's you know in your wheelhouse that you think uh, are kind of your uh, go-to uh, bets? Yeah, I focus a lot on the multi-race bets, doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, and pick sixes when there's carryovers. Um, I feel like I... Uh, 
like my I feel like my strength like you have to identify what your strength is I feel like my strength is to be able to run opinions together and to be able to not be lost within a race and I think that if you can run those opinions together say you like a five to one shot uh, in the stake race uh, trying to build things around that five to one shot to effectively turn the five to one into a 20 to one is a strategy I like to go about I mean now from the contest scene, I've, I've, you know, you'll play exactas and trifectas because that's what you have to do within the contest, the rules of the contest. Um, and so, I've, you know, I, I can do those things. It's a club in my bag, but my comfort zone is the multi-race bet. We talked with uh, Jonathan Kenshin. You can see him on uh, America's Day at the races at uh, Fox Sports 1 and 2. Any place else uh, uh, folks can? I know you do a podcast, right? So tell us other places folks can find your opinions. Yeah, we do. Uh, we have our podcast network in the money media. Uh, so in, I think it's in, in the money podcast.com. We've got, uh, we have our, you know, kind of our flagship show where it's myself and Peter Thomas want to tell where early in the week, we kind of recap what happened in generic topics. Uh, late in the week, we were previewing what's coming up. We do a lot of work with Keeneland talking about the races at Keeneland. And then uh, I have my own kind of standalone show that that's, that's kind of got started. It was born uh, within these this pandemic time, I had a lot of time on my hand. It was always an idea. It's called JK Plus One, and it's it's a long form podcast where it's you know it's each episode's about an hour and a half. It's sometimes we had a three hour episode once where just having conversation like you would if you're sitting at the bar with some of these people. I'm lucky enough to sit down and talk with. I recorded an uh, episode with Maggie Wolfendale today talking about some of the things she looks at in the paddock, her career. And then John, John Panagot this week, the uh, agent for Javier Castellano, Raylu Gutierrez, young up-and-coming writer up in the New York area last weekend. So it's been a lot of fun, man, just getting to sit down and talk with these people. So, uh, yeah, InTheMoneyPodcast.com is where you can check all those out. And I would encourage listeners to also check out uh, a piece Jonathan recently wrote for Thoroughbred Daily News uh, with in the context of some of the social issues that are going on. And kind of the theme was that having – conversations and they might be tough conversations but having conversations can be very important in uh diversifying uh thoroughbred racing yeah absolutely and i think that you know obviously there's been a lot of different events in the world and in racing in the last month two months and even this week that have brought this to the to the to the forefront i think it's an important um, topic that we need to discuss and i think that the biggest issue is i think a lot of people are looking for what they can do to change or what they can do to 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 fix the problem or to enhance the diversity within racing and and it just comes to me it comes down to conversations educating yourself opening up your 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 uh your mind to to different ideas you might not be familiar with and 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 i think that having those uncomfortable conversations you know i I think there's a lot of things in this world that we see with our friends and family we just kind of let it go oh that's just that's just dad that's how he is or oh that's just my brother that's how he is but really having those conversations and letting them know that some of the things they're saying or doing, you're not really sure you understand. You want to talk to them about it and have a better understanding for it and explain your position. I think that's the best way really for us to see change in this country. It's not going to be a politician or, uh, or policy that I think is going to change uh, the issues we have with race. I think it's going to be conversation and, and just kind of that humanly love that exists and trying to get that out in as many ways as we possibly can. So uh, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed and, and I'm proud of the industry, uh, some of the steps that have been taken to address it in, the, in, in ways that it's been occurring recently. Let's talk a little racing. Uh, we're going to look at two stakes on the Friday card with you. Uh, first one we'll do is the Beaumont, presented by Keeneland Select. Uh, small field. Um, 
got uh, Asmus in Philly that's coming back uh, off uh, a layoff from last year. Um, let's assume speech is probably going in the Ashland. How do you see this? Yeah, I mean, I have two singles in here because if speech runs, I'll single her. Um, I think if she runs in this race, which I don't think she will, but if she does, I, I think she's the most likely winner in a Philly that I feel comfortable singling, especially based on what she did running against Gamine and then running second to Swiss Skydiver, two of the best three-year-old Phillies she was right behind. And even prior to that, Dona, Dona Veloce was, was another one. So I, I think speech if she runs in here will be tough, and I think she'll be tough in the Ashland as well. If she doesn't run, uh, Four Graces is a Philly that I had my attention uh, when she won down at Gulfstream Park. Ian Wilkes does not win very often with first-time starters. In fact, he's 4% in his career. Out of 637 horses, he's run first time out. He's only won 26 times. And when Four Graces won, there was a sign to me that she was a very talented horse. She came back at Churchill and won, and then she won the Dogwood at Churchill. I think this is a very, very talented horse. It's a half to McCracken. People might remember who ran in the Kentucky Derby a few years back. I think Ford Garrett Graces is the other single. If speech doesn't run in here, um, that's the one I want. Uh, Wicked Whisper, she's going to have to beat me off that long layoff. Sconson won last time at almost 20 to 1. That one will have to beat me. The only one for me here is Ford Graces if speech isn't running. Next one we want to look at is uh, the grade one makers, Mark Mile. And we had a little rain on Wednesday that the turf course was good. There's a chance of a thunder shower uh, on Thursday as we uh, are t- on the eve of taping uh, the Thursday card. And then um, Friday, I think there's a little better chance for rain. So uh, folks can uh, be aware of that as they do their handicapping. As you look at the makers, Mark Mile, got a couple of Chad Browns in there. And it's usually where it always starts when Chad's in the field. So tell us how you see the makers, Mark Mile. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the potential for weather is always is, is always something to take in, into account. I, I would encourage people when they're handicapping, when you're looking at turf racing and there happens to be a little, you know, you call it cut in the ground, a little cut in the grass, it's a little bit uh, wet. I think it's important to see who's run well over a surface like that. And, and a horse that really grabbed my attention when looking at this race, even despite uh, the possibilities of rain, is without parole. Without parole had a terrible trip last time out at Santa Anita, uh, where his stablemate, uh, Raging Bull, who's also in this race, got the job done out there. I think that, that without parole and, and the races that he's run um, over in Europe prior to getting to the United States, it, on those, the ground over there is probably some similar ground to what he'll see um, on Friday. If it rains on Thursday, if it rains on Friday, either way, there should be a little bit of moisture there. So I think without parole, based on his trip last time and those circumstances, I think he could be extremely tough in here. Irad Ortiz is riding lights out. He's been, he's been killing it up at Belmont. Um, he's been killing it pretty much uh, since Breeders' Cup when he, when he, won, when he won, I don't know, half the races there, it seems like. Um, so I, I like without parole between the two of him and Raging Bull. I think there's an opportunity to, to make some money by fading Raging Bull. Don't get me wrong. He can absolutely win. He got a setup last time, and he's going to be bet off of that performance. Give me without parole there. I also think War of Will is interesting. When I said that Raging Bull got a setup because they went so fast, I have to say that War of Will was part of that setup. He was the one who was going fast, attending the pace off of a 205-day layoff. War of Will ran extremely well in a grade one out in California, and I think that War of Will could be sitting on a big race if they don't uh, give him too much pressure. Now, he's got a stretch-out horse and high crime he'll have to deal with, but I still think that War of Will without outside draw 
presents a little bit of, uh, of, of equity if you want to try to make some money with him. Any other spots you uh, are intrigued with on that Friday card at Keeneland? You know, there's a horse that I'm interested in seeing run back. I don't know if he's necessarily a bet, but he is a horse that I do want to see. Um, and his name is Godzilla. He's a horse that I loved uh, last year at Saratoga as a two-year-old. Uh, he won first out very impressively, caught a sloppy racetrack at the hopeful, and, uh, and, and then didn't do much running in the champagne He's back off of a 279-day layoff. And he's a horse I know they were crazy about last year, and I'm interested to see him come back and start his three-year-old campaign. I don't know if tomorrow's going to be the time, or Friday, excuse me, is going to be the day, but he is a talented, talented horse, and you just need to be aware that his presence is in that field. Any, over the, the time you've been a racing fan, any, uh, do you have a, a favorite horse or two that you just, whether it's from a, a bet or just loved watching the horse? Yeah, I mean, I think from I mean, I think that it'd be silly for for me not to say that you know Zenyatta and Rachel, considering the fact they're tattooed on my arm, um, <laughs> they aren't two of my favorites. Uh, and I and I try to dodge the answer of who would have won a uh, mile and an eighth on the dirt. I go Rachel, mile and a quarter on the dirt, Zenyatta. Um, you know, those two are just so magnificent. I think that you know a horse that I feel like I always call to when I'm thinking about great stories that have happened is the Visit Arrow. Uh, you know, not the not the not a household name by any means, but very similar to that four graces thing. You know, he he ran well for for Buff Bradley down at Goldstream on debut, didn't win, but I was like, wow, this is a good horse. And then uh, I I cashed one of the biggest bets I've ever made, um, or that I've ever won at, at Churchill when he won uh, in the American Turf. I believe he was eleven to one that day. He was like thirty to one morning line, went off at eleven to one, and he was a. Uh, he was a huge anchor on one of the best days I've ever had at the racetrack. So he uh, has a he's got a special place in my heart. And in fact, some of my really good friends I've made because in passing with other friends, they asked me who I liked on a day, and I said the Visadero, and we became friends because of that moment of of uh, of uh, of that horse. So it's uh, he's a special horse for me. Great thing about the racetrack. All right, Keeneland's uh, given our handicappers. We're chatting with a hundred dollars to make a play or plays uh, in the. Uh, any winnings are going to go to the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. So what are you playing on Friday? Yeah, I'm going to play a double. Uh, I'm going to play a double starting in race seven. Um, and like I said, I have two singles. If Speech is running, uh, she'll be the single. If she's not running, it'll be four graces. But I'm going to play an $80 double with whichever one is in, <laughs> um, in the seventh, into without parole the eight horse so if it's speech it'll be the two with the eight if it's four graces it'll be the three with the eight i'll play an eighty dollar double there and then i'm going to play a twenty dollar double uh with that horse from the beaumont whether it's speech or four graces into war of will a twenty dollar double into war of will so uh, i want to have more money on without parole he's the horse i think is more likely to win and i want to have a little bit less on war of will and it's hard to see now without looking at the pool and know exactly what's happening but the idea is that regardless of who wins, whether it's without parole or war of will, be looking at about the same return. So um, those are the, that's the play I, I'd give for that $100, $80 double into without parole and a $20 double into war of will. And just to be clear, if uh, both four graces and speech are in the Beaumont, you want a single speech? Single speech. If they both run there, single speech. Like I said, I think speech will be out, so we'll go ahead and single four graces. Jonathan, thank you for the time, um, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you again at Keeneland, hopefully for the fall meet. Thank you. I appreciate it.